Now this morning we're celebrating I Love My Church Sunday. And I don't know whether you've ever wondered, but it seems an odd name to call a Sunday. I love my, it's like, it's almost like forcing people to remember. You remember why you're here? You're here because you love this thing and we're just going to drum it into you to make sure you don't forget. But it actually came out of what we used to call Vision Sunday, where we would get up in front of the church and we would talk about our plans and our goals and our visions for the, for the next year, so for 2018. And we used to talk about things like, um, okay, for 2018, we're aiming to have a church of 5,000 people by December. Well, perhaps we weren't quite that enthusiastic, but we'd set a goal for the number of people. We'd set a goal for the number of salvations, the number of baptisms, the number of connect groups we had, the number of prayer meetings we, got, we were going to have. And we'd put all these figures up on the board. And don't get me wrong, figures are important. Goals are important. But what we discovered was that it was very hard for people in the church to get their get their heads behind some of the goals. I mean, if you're already in a connect group, you know, talking about how, how to, and, and you're perhaps in one of the mature-aged connect groups, getting excited about how to grow a youth connect group, perhaps it was hard to imagine how you'd become involved. It's a bit like the church is a family. And, you know, if every year sort of the parents gathered the kids around and said, OK, kids, this year we, we're going for two more kids. And we're going to go for a boy and a girl. They're both going to be blonde, blue-eyed, and they're going to come into this world aged 14 and 16. It's sort of, A, that's slightly difficult, and B, families don't plan that way. They, they encourage one another. They, they set goals for each other, but they, it's inclusive. It's like, okay, this year, what are we planning? Are we going to have more holidays? Where would you like to go on holidays? Isn't that a great thing to plan as a family? No? Who said no? <laughs> and it, it's things like, okay, how are we going to do at school? How are we going to achieve these things? Are we going to, you know, I know that little Johnny here struggles with his homework. So we're going to help Johnny. We're going to gather around, and we've got to, but Johnny, you've got to actually tell us when you're having trouble. And, and so you discuss things in a far more um, natural way. And so I Love My Church Sunday is, is perhaps a, a little more of a natural way of saying we've got, we've got dreams and visions, not because we, we love the numbers, but because we love Jesus Christ. And we love the church that he created on this earth, and we're part of that church. And the way we show our love for that church is to actually get behind the mission and the vision of Jesus Christ and outwork that. And so that's what, that's what this Sunday is about. And so let, let me back up a bit and let's start off with a, a bit of a historical perspective. If we look at the church in the New Testament, we get two distinct pictures of the church. In, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, we get the Great Commission. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, in the book of Acts in particular, we can actually see a picture of, of how the church spreads across the known world, making disciples of all nations. It's big, big church that we're talking about here. And it gives us the big picture of, jo of God's plan. And if we look at this... Uh, quick animation here, we can actually see how the church spread uh, in the first 500 years of Christianity. Notice it seems to pop up in blobs and, and just spread from individual areas. And so in 500 years, the Mediterranean 
is surrounded by countries that have embraced Christianity. And so that, that's, that's the big picture. And, and when you're a local church, looking at that can be a little bit intimidating. You sort of think, well, okay, um, not sure we can do that this year, um, but we'll, we'll give it a shot. And so people set unrealistic goals and expectations. But if we look at the letters of the apostles, we see a picture of, of the joys and the challenges of the local church as they make disciples in their own context. And if we look at the next slide, we can see a map which actually details all the churches in, the, in that area in about 70 AD. And there's about 30 of them. And so if we read the New Testament, all these letters were written to individual churches that had particular problems, particular challenges, or, or were aiming to do a, a particular sort of thing in their local area. And so the New Testament then breaks down the big picture that we see of God expanding the church to the, to the smaller picture where God is talking or through the, the apostles to individual churches, individual pastors and congregations about their issues and their problems and helping them do life. And so we as a local church in 2018 are actually part of a bigger organization known as C3 Global. And so let's, let's start with the big picture. Let's find out what C3 Global has been doing over the last 12 months. Over 500 churches worldwide in different areas and nations of the world. It's exciting, but as a local church, what part do we play in that? Well, notice what it said at the end. Make disciples, save the lost, empower the saints. It doesn't matter whether you're overseeing a church of five, well, a movement of 500 churches or whether you're in a local church of 100 the mission is still the same. And it's great to know that we actually have the ability to make a difference right here in this city of Adelaide. So last year, and I love my church Sunday, we had exciting news. We heralded a new phase in our church because we, we had obtained the ministry centre across the road. It's, it was only 12 months ago. This time last year, we had, did not have a cafe. We, I think we might have started using the uh, C3 Kids area. Um, but it wasn't actually until April that we fitted out that place and, and moved in. I can remember the biggest worry we had was the fact that when we opened the cafe and started, because I don't know if, whether you can remember it, but we used to have the cafe set up at the back here. And we used to mill around here and we'd have coffee. And we had a coffee machine here, Mobile One, which was really good. And our biggest fear was the fact that people wouldn't get the idea that we had to move across the road. We trained people to guide people across the road. We had a whole team of people to make sure that people left this building and went across the road to have their coffee. And we trained them and we made sure that they, they, they knew how to gently sort of move people along. And uh, we got the, these people... Uh, in place and we finished the service and within five minutes the place was empty. Uh, people didn't need training at all. Uh, they, were, they were keen on moving over. So that was, that was an, an exciting time and I, I'd love to come to you today and say, look, we've got an, another big building in the, off, in the offing and that we're going to do big things, but we're 12 months down the track and there's nothing big and new that we have in the pipeline. But there's certainly things that are new. And there are things that are ongoing. The, ex the excitement of having a ministry centre 
back then was just the mere fact that we had a ministry center. And who knows that buildings don't grow churches. In fact, you get new ones and often it does the opposite. But it's what you can actually do with that. And so for the last 12 months, we've actually been changing things, doing things. The, the, some things we've put into place, some things are in the pipeline. Some things are still in the dreaming, planning, sort of possibility phase. Uh, and, there are, and again, there are also some things that fit all of those criteria that have nothing to do with the ministry centre. So it, it's not all based on what we've acquired over the last 12 months. It's actually based on what we have believed in ourselves capable of doing. And so, although I know it's I love my church Sunday, as, as, I, as I prayed about it, as, as, I, as I talked to God about it and hoped that he'd talk back, um, the, the, the words that I got from God were, it, I love my church Sunday is a, is, is a great title. But the, for this Sunday, I, I really got the feeling in my heart that he was saying, this is follow through Sunday. Who, who's ever played golf? Who knows that a follow through is actually one of the most important parts of a golf swing? And if, if the ball's there and you've got your golf club and you're swinging and, the, and you stop like that, the ball just dribbles. You've actually got to follow through. And if you if, watch Happy Gilmore, if you want to see good follow through, <laughs> and not for golf perhaps, but there's a good follow through anyway. Uh, and so, the feeling I have is that we need to remind ourselves that God expects us to follow through with what we start. Some of the most important scriptures in the Bible talk about the fact that we need to have endurance and perseverance. Uh, Hebrews 12 verse 1. And he, I mean, even the Bible keeps it in a sporting context here. And it says, And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because, I mean, that's an interesting scripture, that. Because even in, in the early church, people talked about Jesus in terms of sporting events. I mean, we've got the Winter Olympics on now. And it's a bit like Paul had just finished watching the Winter Olympics and so he thinks, um, well, okay, let, let's use something that's fresh in people's minds. Let's talk about Jesus as a champion running a race uh, because they'll understand that. So it's not necessarily a modern phenomenon at all. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 says, Don't you realize that in a race everybody want, runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. When... We're doing things in church. We're doing things with a purpose. We have a track, if you like, to run it on. And we have to make sure that even if we start well, that we actually get to the finish line on that, on that track. Uh, Paul, uh, when he wrote to Timothy, 2 Timothy 4.7, he's in prison. He doesn't know when he's going to be executed, but he knows the end of his life is, is near. He writes to Timothy and says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and remained faithful, and now the prize awaits me. And so we, we can see from Paul's writings in particular that starting, starting things well is great, but persevering and finishing is the ultimate of what we're, we're called to do. And so this Sunday, we, we actually, I, wanna, I want us to just celebrate the fact that we've made a great start, but we have vision this year, we have purpose this year to carry on to build on what we've already done, to actually do more than we've done already with what we've got.
And so we know, we know that we, you know there's a difference between mission and vision. Mission is what we do. Our mission is to make disciples. We know this because Jesus told us to, and B, we talk about it all the time. <laughs> Our mission is to make disciples of people. And making disciples, uh, I think um, uh, um, Joey Bonifacio, who, who is a member of a, a fairly large church in the Philippines, uh, and has, they have a, a discipleship um, culture that is second to none. He, he, states, he basically says, discipleship is relationship. We need to get into people's lives, share, share and do life with other people for discipleship to actually happen. So if discipleship's our mission, what's our vision? Simply put, our vision is how we see ourselves fulfilling our mission. It's, it's, it's the spark in the job. Who, who has a job here? Who goes to work or runs a business or... or uh, apart from those who are off on maternity leave, obviously. Um, most jobs, I mean, I used to work in a, in a research lab, and if I, if I described to you the daily process that I went through, um, I mean, some mornings it would be a bit like this. Uh, walk into the lab, open my notebook, go to the recipe on how to make polyacrylamide gel, get the powder, get the solutions, mix the solutions, Wait 20 minutes on, while it stirs uh, uh, on a temperature-controlled stirrer. Um, put two glass plates out, clean them very carefully, tape them together with spaces. Uh, get a syringe, add uh, hardener to the acrylamide, pour it in, wait five minutes. And by then it's morning tea time and all, I, all I've done is, is basically make a jelly. Um, a very specific jelly that had to be... But it, it's, it's cooking, really. I, follow, I followed recipes. And then you'd do something else and you'd mix it and you'd add a purple liquid to the top, you'd clip electrodes to the top and just sit there for another two hours while it passed an electric current through this liquid. Um, and then I'd go home at the end of the day and you'd sort of think, well, that's pretty boring. But the spark of it was, what I was actually doing was I was sequencing DNA. And although the mechanics of it sounded boring, when you can sequence DNA and at the end of it you can read out a sequence, you can work out what protein it's making and you can work out what's wrong with that protein in certain disease situations, that is an exciting thing for me, at least, to do. I, I, I loved my job doing research because we researched amazing things. I got, I got to take blood out of people and read their DNA. Not too many people get to do that. Although a lot more these days because it's automated and all that stuff I described is done by machines these days. But the thing is that it wasn't the mechanics of the job that enthralled me. It was actually the purpose behind it and the results that I achieved that were exciting. And I'm still excited about it today. I, I discovered, um, this is a bit off topic I know, but I discovered the other day, speaking to my old boss, that four years after I left work, I published another scientific paper. <laughs> I wasn't even there. But my work had continued on in a legacy such that the work that I'd done necessitated the addition of my name to the paper because I'd, I'd done work which was worthy of publishing. I have 14 scientific papers to my name. A lot of flipping good that does in this job. <laughs> but I did that because I was inspired by not the process but the vision 
of the work that we were doing. And it's the same with, with church. We have a mission, which is to make disciples, which might sound, you know, a bit ordinary. But it's the vision of what that can accomplish and achieve that makes it exciting. You'll notice that you were given an envelope as you came in with I love my church on it, which is for the I love my church offering we're going to be taking up at the end of my message. And we take this up because not because we want you to give to... Um, we want to provide food for the children across the road because they get hungry about morning tea time. And uh, <laughs> Ashley's looking at me like, we are? <laughs> and uh, so we, we need extra funds for watermelon. Uh, who's with me? It's not, that's, not what we're, that's not what it's about. It's about we're, we're building a church. We're making disciples. We're reaching out to people. And, but to do that, sometimes we need finances to do it. Sometimes, in fact... Giving finances is the only way we can contribute to particular parts of the church vision because we can't be involved in everything. Even I'm not involved in everything. In fact, I'm trying to be involved in as little as possible because it can be overwhelming. So we're going to take... A, can, is, there, is there an envelope there that I can pinch? I, I encourage you, while I'm speaking, to, to fill, fill this out because it's, it's actually... It's, and I know that the term is probably slightly biased in that we're talking about money, but it's buy-in. It's, it's, a, it's a way of saying, look, I believe not in the mechanics of what we're doing. That's all great. But I believe in the vision of what we're doing. I believe in the lives that we're going to change, the people we're going to affect, the city that we're going to change, the suburb that's going to be better off because we're in it, the people that we meet that we're going to bless, heal, change. That's the vision that we have. And if we can give into that vision, even if it's just by giving money, because face it, it's only money, but it can enable us to reach out and do things. For example, the things that we, we want to do this year, who, who knows about connect groups? Connect groups are exciting places because that's where people get to meet one another, they get to pray for one another, we get to connect and, and share the Bible with one another. And we want to expand those, we want to have more connect groups we want to we want to be able to reach more people and this year the young adults because they they have a vision for reaching people have have started a different format of connect group simply called dinner parties and when they first, I said so what dinner party connect group and they said no 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 dinner parties I said what so you're going to reach people with dinner parties and they said yes aren't you excited and I thought about it and I thought heck yeah that is a great idea and so they're running with a new idea to be actually be able to reach more people. So we're having connect groups and we're having dinner parties. And I think one of the best things is that, and I haven't told Brendan this, so I'm not quite sure how true this is, this is going to be, but they might be young adult connect groups, but I reckon I could get invited to one of those connect groups if I promised to bring a friend. How about it? Ah, okay. If I brought a young adult friend, how's that? Did that work? <laughs> so they could probably visit once, more than once, but that would probably be my limit. I'd be shown the door saying, okay, it was nice to see you. <laughs> Leave your friend and you can go away. So we're starting new initiatives in, in connect groups because we want to make them more accessible to people. Our kids program on a Sunday has blossomed in the ministry centre across the road. Um, and not only have the number of kids grown, the really exciting thing is the number of people who want to be involved in 
teaching those kids and helping, helping the teachers teach those kids has exploded. I can remember a day where, where people came around and they, when they volunteered for ministry, it was like, I will do absolutely anything, Pastor. I love this church except kids' ministry. Um, but of course, the first thing you said was, okay, great, we can use you in kids' ministry because that's the one no, nobody wanted to be involved in. But because of, of how we've changed the curriculum, we've changed the space, we've changed what we're doing, people are getting involved. We want to see more people involved in that. We want to see more kids um, looked after, catered for. Uh, that You might notice that the, the children go out before the service now. They have their own service over there. And this year, there's plans afoot, I'm told, to actually start live worship over in C3 Kids. So we, we need people who can play instruments, who can sing, who, who are reliable and available to actually help the kids worship God so that we grow up a... a um, What's the word? Generation. Thank you. I just hate it when that happens. A generation of kids who have grown up loving and worshipping God and knowing his presence in their lives. So we're, we're having growth and we've got vision for seeing that flourish. As part of that ministry, I know that um, there are people in, in, in the C3 Kids ministry who would like to expand that to a playgroup at least once a week in that ministry centre um, for uh, local mums and toddlers. You might think, that, that's a great idea. We just fling the doors open. You've got to have people. You can have all the buildings in the world, but unless you've got people to actually run that. I mean, we have a great coffee spot over there, great cafe, and it has proven to be a great place to meet and greet people after the service. There's good coffee. There's great food going on. Uh, it's a great place for conversation, to actually meet new people. Uh, to, it, it's a place where you know, people feel at ease. And uh, that, that's great, but we don't want to stop there. We've noticed that when we had the breakfasts, uh, people turned up to church on time. Now, I'm not talking to any of you guys because you all turn up on time. Um, but there are other people um, that weren't <laughs> turning up on time. But when we had the breakfasts over there, I noticed that when we, and the worship team loved this, when they started worship, the place was full. And so we thought, wouldn't it be great to have the coffee shop open before the service? And that's great, except that most of our baristas are also on the worship team or doing other, on the sound or doing other things. So we can't do that because we don't have the people involved. So our, our vision for this year is to bring more people, to train more people to be baristas, to train more people to get up early so that they can come and actually start the coffee machine before the service. Um, but because that enables greater community in our church. We have a vision to have people more connected. Because let me tell you, if, if you miss the first worship song or, or the first praise song, it's just not as good. And if you've got a coffee while you're doing it, wow, that's even better. So, except on the worship team, sorry. No, no food and drink on stage. Um, so we have a vision to encourage people in their prayer life. Uh, it's already begun with our, our all-in prayer on Sunday mornings. I am blown away by the attendance to that and the, and the involvement and encouragement in that because prayer is what the church is built on. The more people we can get coming to, to prayer and to being involved in prayer, to speaking out, to, to, to bringing the presence of God before the service just to get everything off to a running start, the better. We're starting on March the 7th. We have our all-in Wednesday night prayer which is held here on a Wednesday night, 
37. 7.30, not 7.37. Um, and uh, everybody's welcome here. And that's going to be, as it, as it implies, the name All In means that we come together and everybody prays. Everybody gets excited about the presence of God. Everybody prays for the vision of the church. Everybody prays for the departments of the church, for, for what's happening in our church. It's a great time. The men, the manly men, have started there. We haven't actually called it All In Men's Prayer, but it is All In Men's Prayer. Friday mornings, 6.30 a.m., across the road in the ministry center. We come together, and we're, this year we're actually going through the book of Psalms. So not, not only are we praying, but we're getting the, the word of God into ourselves, and we're, we're getting involved in, in prayer there. Now, you know, luckily, sort of, we have some of those manly men who make coffee as well, so it's actually prayer and coffee. So any of you men who haven't attended or don't, don't know about it would like to attend, come and see me afterwards. I will sign you up. The coffee at men's prayer is free, gratis, no cost. You only get one cup though. Or two. Okay, we don't have any restrictions on the coffee. <laughs> Just trying to make it sound official. This year we're continuing our Beyond Focus in Fiji. Who knows that every year we, we take a team to Fiji along with C3 Adelaide Hills and uh, every so often C3 Bridgman Downs in Queensland uh, send a team to help us as well. And we've been building houses over the last four, four or five years now uh, in, a, in a village called Solovu, just out of Nandi. And uh, that's, they hold in, in one, of the one of the pastor's houses there that we've built, they hold church on a Sunday. And when it's fine, they just hold it outside, outside because if you've been to Fiji... It's amenable to just have doing everything outside. It's really good. Uh, but they're growing and they need a church building. So guess what? This year we are looking into the possibility of actually building them a church building. Now that is going to be massive. But that, that's our vision. We, we're trying to get as many people going as possible so that we can actually... It, it'll probably take us two years, possibly three. But hey, we, the Fijians over there are dreaming big. Now, we, we've got to be careful because we're the ones that do the building. We carry the power tools over and all that sort of thing. The idea of building something perhaps nearly this high or this wide at least is, can be a bit intimidating. But I love the fact that they, have, they believe in us and that we've got to believe that we can actually provide something which is going to enable them to worship God uh, more, more comfortably on the days when it isn't nice outside. Um, so we're, we're doing that. We're also, we're also concentrating our beyond locally on uh, the Eastern District's Domestic Violence Centre. And uh, I can tell you that uh, it's fairly certain in the next couple of weeks, I think, the director of that centre is actually coming here to speak with us on Sunday morning. So that's going to be absolutely fabulous. So we're keeping up our, our connection and our commitment to helping uh, uh, overseas and local charities. We're running courses in the ministry centre to help people become effective disciples. Uh, we're actually running courses in, in uh, public ministry. We want to see more people involved in uh, running our Sunday services as well. And we've got thoughts for just uh, theology and ministry courses for later in the year over there as well. So we, we've got a vision to help people uh, improve their discipleship, to, to actually uh, study the Word of God and, and to become more knowledgeable knowledgeable uh, about uh, God's word and 
finally, we, we actually have a preach, preaching plan for this year. Who, who likes it when we plan ahead? Who's, who's never noticed? <laughs> Be honest. Um, but this year, uh, we're actually preaching through the New Testament. We, we realize that a lot of people today have heard of the Bible, but a lot of them have never read the Bible. That uh, I can remember as a child uh, being asked to read the New Testament and the Old Testament. And I, I, I don't know whether it was just because of the book that I had. I thought the Old Testament was different just because it had crinklier pages. Um, and therefore it was a bit older. But I didn't actually understand the flow of the New Testament. I didn't know where the Gospels fitted in or what the letters, uh, um, to, letters to the Ephesians, Corinthians, Timothy, what it, how, how they fitted in and what the significance of that, or even the book of Revelation for that matter. And so this year we're going to be preaching through the New Testament, explaining how, how it fits in, what the themes are of, of the books of the New Testament, how that affects our lives as Christians, how how that affects our relationship with God and all of that sort of thing. So we've got, actually got a plan to help people, bring people to a place where the New Testament isn't a strange book um, full of letters and, and bits and pieces, that it's actually a cohesive whole that we can understand. We can see God's plan for us running through that. We can see the themes that he wanted to teach the people of the day that are also relevant to us today. And so we hope that by the end of 2018 people will have a greater appreciation of, of God's word and what God's plan is for our lives as we move forward in 2018. So the vision that we have for this year is about increasing our capacity and our capability for, to fulfill our mission. We want to be connected to the Father, to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit by being immersed in their vision for our lives. One of the ways we can do that is to show God that we believe in the mission that he has. We can see his plans for the church and we're excited by those plans. We need to be excited. None of you look excited. I'd jump off the stage, but my knees wouldn't be excited by that. So we need to be excited by those plans and be willing to put our treasure into those plans or our finances. Matthew 6.21 says, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also, or will also be. And so I believe, and I can certainly testify, that as we put our resources into God's plan, God puts his resources into ours. As we give this morning, because I want to take up this offering, we're going to give a vision offering, an I love my church offering this morning. And as we give, we need to have a vision of our own. Because every single one of us is part of this church. I think my generation particularly, we, have, we struggle because... For us, the church was a building. I grew up in a small town called Wollonga, south of Adelaide, um, and my mother took me to a Catholic church, which was a, a building only about half the size of this one, that was whitewashed and, and the, the roof was, was grey. And that, I thought of that as the church. It sat up on, on a hillside, um, surrounded by a cemetery. Um, and to me, that was the church. I knew I was going to church when I rolled up the road and there was that white building sitting there. And, and to me, that was what church was. It, it was if, if I talked about church, I didn't think of people. I, I thought building, ugly, graveyard, scary. That to me was the church. But we need to realize that we are the church. This building isn't the church. We are the church. And we need to be aware that our actions affect the rest of the church. Not the bricks and mortar, but the people. 
And so if we can be excited about our vision, if we can put our finances and our heart into the vision, we can affect and change people's lives. So I want to encourage you to do that this morning. Whether, you, whether you're looking for a new job, whether you want to get rid of a job, whether you're, you want a, a baby, whether you want to have a baby fairly quickly, if possible. Whatever it is that you're, you're, you're planning for, you have somebody else's salvation on your heart, perhaps. But if we, have one mind, if we have one heart, one mind, and one spirit, that's precious to God. Psalm 133 verse 2 says, For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. God loves it when we come together for a single purpose. Okay, I think before we close, we should pray over this offering. Uh, I know that people here have dreams and visions for their own lives as well as for the life of this church. And so I want us to lift those up before God right now. Holy Lord, we lift our vision, we lift our dreams, our hopes, our desires for this year before you. We thank you that as we faithfully put our trust in you, as we put our treasure in you, that you answer our cry, that you heed our call, that you know our needs and our desires, and we pray they come to pass this year, 2018. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Uh, just before I finish, can I have the house lights up just a little bit? You may be here this morning. You may have heard all this talk about God and His church. And it may be unfamiliar to you. You may be somebody who is not a church person or you may have been a, a church person in the past but certainly not practicing a Christian faith right now. Before we close, I would like to give you an opportunity, if that's you this morning, that you don't know Jesus Christ or that you have known Him before but certainly aren't in a relationship with Him now, that you can actually take that step to actually be in a relationship with Jesus Christ, to be called a son or a daughter of God. And to start on that path, it's a, simply a, a case of actually releasing your heart and saying, Lord, okay, I'm at a place where I need you in my life. I want to accept you as my Lord and Saviour. I want to become a follower, a believer of Jesus Christ. And we can say a prayer that actually makes that a statement in your life. And so I'd, I'd love to do that if that's you here this morning. Can I get everybody just to close their eyes? And while every eye is closed, if that's you this morning, you'd like to pray a prayer to invite Jesus into your life, to start walking with Him as your Lord and Saviour. Can you raise that hand right now while nobody's looking around so that I can see it? I'll acknowledge that. You can put it down and we can pray a prayer together to invite Jesus into your heart. Is there anyone here who wants to do that? Awesome. Let's just pray one more time before we finish. Mighty God, we thank you that you are in our lives, that you are our Lord and our Saviour, that you heed our cries. When we cry for healing, you bring it into our lives. When we, when we believe in change, when we believe in redemption, when we're looking for things in our lives that we cannot, 
on our own bring to ourselves. We reach out to you and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.